Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from Macomb, Illinois, and we have got a great show for you today. It is a hostful where we answer your questions here on the Good Growing Podcast, and being a hostful, I need our co-host with us every single week. We are joined by local food and small farms educator Katie Parker in Quincy. Hey, Katie. Hey, Chris. How are you doing today? No complaints from me. Happy to have more seasonably spring weather right now. How about yourself? Yeah, this weather is beautiful. Can I ask for anything better? Uh, maybe a hammock. That's all the only other thing I could ask for, maybe. A hammock and some time to take a nap. Right. That would be great. Oh, yeah. And someone who I know is lounging about, just kidding, in his backyard in Jacksonville, Illinois, horticulture educator Ken Johnson. Hey, Ken. Hello, Chris and Katie. It's been a while since we've done this. Yeah, I think your beard has uh, not changed, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it has been a while, but uh, folks, we have been hard at work. Actually, uh, Katie, Ken, and myself, we've been getting together and we've been building caterpillar tunnels all over the state of Illinois. Why in the world would we be doing that? Well, we can reveal that on a future show, Uh, but we've been having fun gallivanting around the state. But... Ken, Katie, we have got some questions that have been pouring into the extension office. And so uh, I think it's a good time for us to maybe share some of the uh, responses that we've been given folks. And so uh, each one of us, we have questions for uh, this week. Ken, would you mind kicking us off, please? Sure. All right. So this question, um, person is looking for help identifying a weed in their lawn. Uh, They want to get rid of it as it grows faster than the rest of the lawn and ruins the overall lawn appearance. They tilled the uh, previous lawn under, regraded, and spread new seed in October 2020. So this is a question that I received, and uh, first question I responded with was, I need pictures. And so after reviewing some pictures, it became apparent that they had this beautiful dark green lawn, but then scattered throughout the entire thing were these lighter colored grasses with much wider leaf blades. And fortunately, they sent me a very good quality image, and I was able to zoom in where that leaf blade comes off of that stem, that sheath right there. And I could see that the there is a structure called an oracle, and basically it's clasping or it's wrapped itself around that stem. And that told me they're dealing with quackgrass. So quackgrass is a perennial grass. Uh, it's not like crabgrass, which is an annual, and so we can do a pre-emergent in the spring to kill that. It's not like it's a warm season grass like nimble will, and so maybe we can target that in the summer. This is a cool season grass, and if you're growing a cool season lawn, which I know I am, and I live in Illinois, and I know most Illinoisans are as well, controlling it is very difficult. Um, it likes herbicides. It, it takes showers and herbicides, and so there's not much labeled for this grass. Unfortunately, when this individual redid their lawn and they tilled it, they probably had a little bit of of this uh, quackgrass in their lawn. But when you till, you break up the root system, but you don't kill the plant. You actually spread those roots out across your whole yard where they will re-sprout. And that's exactly what has seemed to happen, at least in this example. Unfortunately for this homeowner, there's not much they can do. They can apply a broad spectrum herbicide. So we're talking glyphosate that will kill any desirable grass also around any areas that they're treating. 
So definitely wouldn't go around broadcasting this across the entire lawn. I uh, recommend that if you're dealing with something like quackgrass, make sure that you are spot spraying because um, it uh, would be terrible to have to redo everything again uh, and then till it and then spread the quackgrass even more. Um, so that's kind of the moral of the story, quackgrass. If folks do have plant questions, uh, most kind of really specifically grass ID questions, really, really important. If you're contacting your extension office or whatever expert that you're reaching out to, send good high quality photos and especially close-ups of that uh, stem of that grass plant. That's, some, that's the main structures that we're looking at to help identify that specific grass. So our next question is for Ken. And the question is, how can I contain bamboo? Is there any way that I can kill stray bamboo that's um, like spreading from the plant without killing everything else? So this is this is kind of a tricky one, especially if you have um, the the creeping or the ones that send out rhizomes. Um, if you've got a clump bamboo, those stay those are fairly well behaved, so to speak. They they kind of stay they expand slowly, uh, but not real rapidly. Uh, this particular person sounded like they had a rhizomatous one, so they're sending out rhizomes across the lawn and stuff. Uh, in this case, they had a clump, and they didn't. It seemed like it was well contained, and all of a sudden, it started popping up next to the house in flower beds in their trees and stuff. So what I think happened is, you know, it had been popping up in the yard, but when they cut their grass, they cut off all that new growth so they don't see it. Now that it's outside of the lawn, it's popping up everywhere. It's not getting cut anymore. Um, so one thing you can try to do to contain it is cut off that new growth, those new combs. Uh, the problem is though, since they have a larger patch, those rhizomes are gonna keep being fed and they'll keep spreading uh, and growing. So what they could do, another option would be put down a barrier uh, around the, the patch. Um, they've, you can buy um, bamboo barriers made specifically for containing bamboo, usually some kind of plastic product. You could potentially use wood or cement, but over time those will break down and the roots can work their way through that. Um, so you can put that around that'll hopefully contain the rhizomes, usually leave that several inches above the soil line. So if they pop out of the soil, uh, they have to climb over that and you can find them and get rid of them. So if they were to do that, put that around, and cut the rhizomes to put it down, they need to remove all those rhizomes beyond that barrier. And they'd have to remove every single section of it because if you leave anything behind, kind of like the quack grass, it'll re-sprout and you'll have another problem. Uh, another option would be to use um, herbicides, uh, usually again, like a glyphosate, uh, something like that. And you could, they could apply that, um, but then you do have the potential of that affecting that larger clump. Uh, so there's gonna be, regardless of what they pick, there's gonna be a lot of work uh, that they're going to have to be be doing um, and those those rhizomes can run for tens and 20 30 40 plus feet um, going to the neighbor's yard uh, stuff like that so it's it may be more than just them having to control this uh, and keep up with it over time so if, if you're going to be planting bamboo make sure you're not getting um, the rhizome stuff make sure you're getting a clumping bamboo that's not going to spread as aggressively and if you are going to do a rhizome uh, put a barrier around it Make sure it's it's placed properly and and in good good maintenance and stuff like that on it, so you don't have bamboo escaping everywhere. And just know, running bamboo has wound people up in court, so just keep that in mind. It is very aggressive. 
All right. Well, our third question actually came to Katie at, at the uh, Adams County Extension Office, and it breaks my heart to read this one, Katie, but I, I shall. I shall do this. We are Extension, after all. We give folks the unbiased research-based information they need to make decisions. So, Katie, uh, this person has wild violets growing in their lawn. The state flower for Illinois, by the way. Um, what can they do to control wild violets? Oh, if they were friends with you, they would embrace it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or we wouldn't be friends very long. <laughs> um, but so wild violet, uh, it's important to know a little bit about it. It's a perennial weed with a long tap root. And so it's typically best controlled in the fall because if we spray it in the fall, the um, plant will translocate the herbicide down into the tap root. Um, whereas if we control it this time of year in the spring and in the summer, um, when we apply herbicides to it, we're likely just killing the above ground tissue. Um, and so if you can just embrace it for the summer and wait until the fall to spray it, that's probably your best bet. Um, so that way you can actually control it or effectively control it. Um, the herbicides that we would use for control are typically like a 2,4-D or dicamba. Um, sometimes there's like a herbicide mix that contains three different herbicides or three different um, classes of herbicide, not classes, but um, different herbicides that uh, would more effectively help to control it. And so um, those are some things to consider when making the spray applications. So Katie, also this time of year is when we often, well, maybe starting in like June, we start getting some of those herbicide damage questions that come in. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe if we can try to nip this in the bud here, what what is the process or what should people do if their yard gets damaged, say by a neighbor's herbicide application? So if you do have any issues with um, any herbicide damage, you can call the Illinois Department of Ag. They have a helpline um, and you can go to report that. You do have to report it within 30 days of the incident happening. You can call or I think they even have a form online that you can fill out and send in. And so um, you just document it as best as possible. And then I would, I've never submitted anything, but I would assume they would follow up with you, um, have some questions and potentially um, do some research to figure out what's going on. So, and I would add that we usually start seeing this a lot in June, um, especially when you're using broadleaf herbicides because they will, a lot of those will volatilize and move off site. So if you're using broadleaf herbicides, especially 2,4-D dicamba type things, um, make sure you read that label and be careful when it's getting warmer out when you're applying those. Yeah, most certainly. Uh, yeah, with those broadleaf herbicides, it does, wind is certainly a factor for that particle drift, but temperature is also a factor for vapor drift, which is kind of a different method of that uh, moving across the environment. And so you have to take in consideration wind and temperature, especially for those broadleaf uh, plant growth regulators. Well, oh my goodness, folks, you have lots of weed questions, it seems like, really aggressive <laughs> weeds, um, and, and even some of the weeds that we love, like the common blue violet, um, but uh, I, I don't know, so in our travels this uh, last week, we, uh, we did make a stop by Ken's house, and I know how Ken does his lawn care, um, he just rips it up and puts in flowers, so uh, his whole front yard, folks, is 
plant, like, like not grass plants, just like plant plants. So nice, Ken. I was a beautiful uh, little pit stop that we made there. Oh, thank you. It's looking good. And I know Katie, your lawn management, both you and Matt work very, very hard on keeping a very, very nice lawn. And so I'm going to bring my golf clubs down there one day. Yeah, yeah, he's actually making some green greens area. I don't know. Wow. He should definitely come down sometime. Wow. I'm shining up my putter as yeah. we speak here. That's, that's awesome. Uh, yes, and even though my lawn is mostly um, weeds, I still like me a good chunk of just nice manicured grass that my dog and kids can tear and destroy. So um, always, always good. And so... The Good Growing Podcast is produced by Wendy Ferguson and edited this week by, is it you, Ken? I think it is you this week, Ken. Yes, that's right. A special thanks to both Ken and Katie uh, for being here this week to help answer these home gardening questions. Thanks, Ken and Katie. Well, thank you, Chris. And thank you, Ken. Yes, thank you both. It's it's good to be doing this again. And uh, you two should do this again next week. Oh, we shall do this again next week, Ken. And we're going to miss you, but you have fun at the zoo. Um, We are going to be chatting with local foods, small farms educator Nick Frillman, all about taking care of tomatoes and peppers. We're getting them in the ground now. So how do we get the setup for success with those two very popular crops? So listeners, tune in next week. And thank you for doing what you do best. That is listening or if you're watching us on YouTube, watching. And as always, keep on growing.